With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammer and Rails podcast. I'm your host, Casey Bartley, and we have a special guest, Rayfield Davis, the uh, four-year star at Purdue who turned into one of the best two-way players in recent Purdue history. Rayfield, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the time and opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, we're excited to talk about the season that just started off last week. Uh, also, you are jumping into the podcast forum um mm-hmm. your first episode went up last week with the king of mackie tommy loose uh, right. we're gonna start off by talking about the season then uh jump around to a couple of different things first of all how's you and your family how was thanksgiving uh did you get all the turkey you could ever want yeah no nah, thanksgiving was good um i'm living in atlanta now so my daughter my daughter and my fiance, we got to go up to Indiana, see my parents, see my family, awesome. and that was good, just kind of be around. But also while Indiana, over kind of, I guess, that Thanksgiving break, was able to train <laughs> a lot of different kids in Indiana, which was super cool. So I had a really good time. I say you are spending your time pretty much full-time training now, correct? Uh, are you doing mostly kids high school age? What What are you getting into? I do all ages. I full-time training, basketball, mentor watching film with kids. Um, my youngest kid that I trained is six. I had a three-and-a-half-year-old come to the gym a couple of weeks ago. Um, the oldest, I guess, I mean, I trained Eric a couple of weeks ago, so I guess I go all ages, I guess, and start, start with training and just kind of whoever enjoys basketball, loves basketball, wants to be around it, I, I get in the gym with you. It's not surprising you probably had as big of a turnaround from freshman year to senior year. Um, in just four years, the amount of improvement you could do on your own game. So exciting to right. see you uh, lend that expertise towards younger players. How old's your daughter? I have a daughter. My daughter's six. My oldest daughter's six. She'll be seven next week. And then okay. my youngest daughter is one. I so, have a 17-year-month-year-old. So it's about time to get the almost seven-year-old in the gym. Oh, yeah. She told me. She's been telling me the <laughs> last year when she turns seven, she's going to start playing. Yeah. So we just got her uh, We just got our first pair of pink Jordans. Nice. So that was cool. She uh, said she was saving them until she turns seven. When she turns seven, she'll start playing. So <laughs> I didn't number. pressure her. I just let her figure it out herself <laughs> until now. Well, that's exciting. Uh, I, let's just jump into the Purdue season this year. We're two games in, mm-hmm. one win, one loss. Uh, I, I believe you have spent some, you know, some of these kids on the team, uh, you sent out a picture that they were looking at some film tape uh, after the loss, correct? Yeah, no, that wasn't actually my picture. That was oh, okay. Eric. I mean, Eric gotcha. is my cousin. Oh, so, yeah, Eric's family. Yeah, I didn't in the sense of yeah. So Eric sent me a video of 
he taken um, Mason and Brandon through some film. Mason and Brandon okay. came to Eric, and they, um, I guess they were, I mean, they were upset with the loss, and they wanted Eric mm-hmm. to take them through some film, although Eric didn't play. Right. Eric took them through some film. So that was something that I, wow. after seeing the night of Twitter, and, I mean, myself being upset too, being mm-hmm. a fan now, it's kind of we forget that those players get more upset than us. So that right. was a moment where, I captured that from Eric and just wanted to, people to know that, yeah, we're upset, but it's not like those guys are going back to campus and hanging out like we were my sophomore year when we came <laughs> in last place. So, I mean, those guys want it. Yeah, how rare is that for two, you know, reg, they're, they've redshirted, but they're still freshmen. It's their first game time to be that locked in already, especially during a year where there are a thousand good reasons to not be focused on the game of basketball. Because um, I know when I was a freshman and we lost, I wasn't necessarily worried about the loss. I was worried about how many points I got. <laughs> so for those guys to want to come home and not lay down in their bed, get right to it and learn more from an upperclassman, even though the upperclassman didn't play. But what I took from that was also that upperclassman, he didn't play, but he's not in the position to be jealous or to be stingier with his, with his information. Like I know guys that will get hurt that, may wonder if their minutes will get taken. Mm. Eric is a, is in a position to where he's helping these guys get more minutes, even if that comes at the expense of him. But for two freshmen to come in and want to watch him at five in the morning, I never did it. <laughs> and I never seen, I was at Purdue for four years. I never seen a freshman do it. So I thought that was huge. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, not shocking from Eric. He's shown himself to be a leader on the court from day one. So, speaking of the game, what did you Eric Hunter Jr., obviously. And then, on top of that, to lose Jaden Ivey for the second game, that really hurt our guard depth. So, what did you see right. uh, watching the first two games? I mean, yeah, I was training the first game. I didn't really get to check <laughs> that one out. The second game, it was, I mean, that pressure got to us. I mean, not having our starting point guard from last year, I don't think, people realize or take into consideration that Eric was a starting point guard last year. Mm-hmm. So to not have your starting point guard against that type of pressure, to not have uh, NBA talent level guard in Jaden and Ivy against that type of pressure, I mean, it hurt. But also with Ethan, Ethan didn't practice. I don't know if people yeah. weren't paying attention to that, but Ethan didn't practice much. So not in shape at all. Mm-hmm. And also to not have a freshman, I mean, not have a summer as a freshman. Yeah. I mean, for him to go out there and just get the ball up the court was impressive mm-hmm. against that pressure. But then Isaiah being strong with the ball, I mean, we just lacked, we just lacked some of our, our guards, I would say, but if we have, to me, in my opinion, if we had those two guards, we handled that pressure fine. But I, I mean, if we throw the ball inside, I mean, big fellas, <laughs> <laughs> he dunks everything. That's one thing I love about him that, I mean, he's just going to dunk it. So he's not going to, no hook shot, no finesse, just dunk everything. I'm very excited about this team especially to get Eric back in the way um, Eric wants to lead, mm. especially right now. Right now, Eric, in the time being out, and takes me back to my senior year when I was out. It's a time where you can kind of fall into yourself or you can fall into the team. Mm. And Eric has kind of fell into the team. So I'm very excited to get him back. I'm excited to get Travion going. I mean, talking to Travion before the season, knowing how much he wants it. I mean, he had a, Zoom called me for like three, two or three hours just asking questions, <laughs> just sitting there in silence. I mean, he looked at me and asked me, how can I do more? Like, I want more. And I'm I'm like, yo, you're going to get the ball every play. 
he just wants more. And I, he may not have played the way he wanted to play, mm-hmm. but knowing what he wants out the season, I'm just super excited for him. I know Aaron shot the ball well in the first game. And then that second game, I mean, he struggled to get the ball across half court at times. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he really didn't necessarily have that. No one had that. No one on the court necessarily had a great flow right. the entire game. But, I mean, I'm excited for Aaron and just knowing his self-awareness from last season. I mean, he I mean, he looked you in your face and tell you what his problem was for last season. And a lot of players will run from that. Yeah. They'll, they'll tell you it was the coach's fault. They'll tell you something, something else. But not only did Aaron do it, but I shot around with Aaron, but then Aaron's father reached out to me. And he said the same exact thing that Aaron said. So that lets me know that as a family, they get it. They're not blaming coach. They're not blaming anybody else. Aaron's taking full responsibility of this season. So, and to be so young, I mean, I can go on and on. I'm just super excited <laughs> about these guys. I mean, I don't know if I answered your question about the game, but no, I, mean, I just think with that type of pressure, it was it's tough without your starting point guard. Your, right. Uh, I mean, another top guard, but we have to handle the pressure. I mean, we can't throw the ball all over the gym. So hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully Payne will implement some things he did from <laughs> my sophomore year. But I mean, it's still. They're still Purdue. They're still the Division One guard. Isaiah Thompson still one of the better guards in the Big mm-hmm. Ten. Ethan's still one of the better guards come out of Pennsylvania. Still can't have that many turnovers. But I don't think we have that with if we for F course team. Yeah, I I I think it does hit the point. Is despite what happened that game specifically, the outlook going forward, because we did see uh, you know Ethan Morton is he's six six and he has handles. Yeah, exactly. He was pretty bad the first game um which right. i think is probably the first time he's been on the court in what mm-hmm. four to five weeks mm-hmm. so to see him turn around that quickly and give them any good minutes another possible uh just size mismatch on people uh right right and yeah aaron wheeler shooting well big improvement uh probably the most shocking thing from those first two games so uh hard to not look on the court and notice the seven foot four guy uh acting like godzilla just throwing right. stuff down. Right. Um, you've you've spent a lot of time on the court going against some bigger guys. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. Isaac Haas is uh, the mountain most recent before him that you think of. H- how much of what you saw in Edie in his first two games, he's only been playing basketball for something like 28 months. W- what did you see from his game that uh, it, that is an indicator of what he can be going forward? And is that sustainable through the whole year? I think he dropped 15 and 17 in his first two games. All right. Yeah, I think it's sustainable. I think um, what I noticed about him first is that normally you see a bigger guy, especially, especially a, a giant like that, mm-hmm. they may be a little more timid. They may mm-hmm. be a little more cautious with their space. But, I mean, he takes it. I mean, he's yeah. going to dunk everything. Huh. He doesn't really necessarily care if you're in a way. I definitely got to that point. AJ got to that point. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he has it as a freshman. Yeah. So that's the first thing that kind of stands out, that he just imposes himself on you. <laughs> like, he's not afraid to be big. Mm-hmm. So that's huge behind it. But also, the guys trust him. Although he's been playing basketball not that not that long, he can catch. Mm-hmm. And being that big and being able to catch is huge. So that's why I say it is sustainable because if he – he doesn't have to play that many minutes, but if you just throw it around the room, he can t- catch it and dunk it. I mean, it's extremely sustainable. I don't know if he'd be able to – they didn't shoot that many free throws, 
So I don't know if guys, teams will hack or come up with some type of plan behind that. But, yeah, I, I think I'm very excited behind him, especially to be that big and be that imposing. And as a freshman come out and not be rattled in your first games, mm-hmm. that was good. His free throw shot actually looked pretty decent. I think it was 5 of 7 in the second one. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, I mean, yeah. Right. That, <laughs> Shocking. To <laughs> me, yeah, to me, I mean, you think of him and Trevion, you think the two of them. Mm-hmm. If you could have your center average 30, 35 points and mm-hmm. 16, 17 rebounds between the two of them, I mean, I mean, Purdue would be cooking with gas, as they like to say. And they'll probably get five assists. It'll be all Trevion, but... <laughs> uh, I, I do know, just watching him play, there's something about how quick he gets up for a big guy that I don't know if I've mm-hmm. ever, I've seen in many players. Someone that yeah, I tall mean, with that quick of a jump. I think so too. I think, I think, I think he just, I think you see a lot of awkwardness with a lot of big guys. Mm-hmm. You don't really see that much with him. It's like he's always been that big. He's never hit a growth spurt and never went through that awkward phase. Mm-hmm. So he's just, the weight on him is solid. He's able to move in and maneuver quickly with it. So, I mean, I'm, I think a lot of people are shocked at at him or with him. I took my fiance to a practice, and she was just blown away that he could just toss everything in the basket. Right. So, I'm excited for what he can bring. I mean, bigger than the, I mean, not not bigger than the games, but to me in my eyes, what I want to see more is practice between him and Travion. How Travion maneuvers around that big body. Mm-hmm. So. If Travion can maneuver through or around that big body, it it just only helped him this season. Right. Yeah, and Travion's sneaky long, very strong. Uh, mm-hmm. So you spent a lot of your time playing with dominant big men while you were on the court. What what can guards do to make Edie and Trevion's life a little easier? Trevion struggled the first two games, um, missed a lot of bunnies he normally misses, so I don't think there's anything to worry about. But what mm-hmm. can come, some of those other players do to – kind of help out the inside get it to him early establish a presence a presence early on the inside get the big fella comfortable get him confident let him talk to him uh, that's one thing we would always do with um, aj just talk to him talk to isaac just keep his head up but also just push him i mean just give him the ball i mean mm. but the biggest thing to me a guard can do is just make shots if you open, you got to make it. And that's one thing I struggle with is guys would double off, teams would double off, mm-hmm. and to the point where I had to start making those shots. Mm-hmm. So if you don't make those shots, you can't play. But guys on this team, this this is maybe one of one of our most skilled teams, top to bottom, in my opinion, in a while. So guys can definitely make shots, especially guys like Brandon, guys like Aaron, guys like Eric, Isaiah. Th- those guys can all be in the game at the same time. You can't really leave one of them especially with Sasha and everybody else. So make shots. Don't turn the ball over. And for a big man, just catch the ball and make sure your guard trusts <laughs> that you're going to catch it. Right. So it goes hand to hand. You just rattled off a bunch of names. Um, they're all a bunch of players that uh, Painter has had a lot of success recruiting lately. Why is Coach Painter having so much success on the recruiting trail? It seems each year now he's building on it and adding higher and higher end talent. He's built with the time. He's um, he's not stuck in his ways. He's not stuck in the old way of coaching. Coach Payne has always kind of – one, he's always been a younger coach. But two, he's always thought ahead. Mm-hmm. He's never in the time that you're in. You know what I mean? He's not a guy that – I mean, I don't know if it's still the same, but I've seen Coach Payne's phone one time in my life, and he had no apps on it other than the factory apps. <laughs> so it's like – 
He keeps his life very simple, <laughs> and that shows through on everything. He, I mean, he's just real. He just is who he is. There's no mm. fluff behind it. I think at this point in the in the world, people can see fake and phony. Mm-hmm. And paint is probably. I mean, I've known I've known paint since I was 13. Right. And I'm 27 now. He's never. Right. I never even felt as though he was lying to me. Right. So I've never seen him lie to a kid or sell a kid a dream. He never told me, hey, Ray, sell this kid a dream in recruiting. I mean, I've hosted guys like Carson. I've hosted guys, Kendall Stevens, when he first came to campus, Bryson Scott, all the, a lot of guys, Dakota, a lot of guys that's recruited that's been committed to Purdue that I hosted. There was never any hidden agenda from Paint. You, so Paint's a guy, too, that I think that not only players but families understand that, mm-hmm. that Purdue is bigger than basketball. Paint, right. I mean – I don't know how this would come off, but I don't know if Paint cares if you go to the NBA, but Paint cares if you're a good man and you can take care of your family. Right. So to him is how can you use basketball as a tool to take care of your family? And if you can't make it to breakfast on time in the morning, how are you going to pay your electric bill every month? <laughs> so Paint's a real bigger than basketball type of guy. Um, parents see that parents see the success he has, but also players see that he's a player's coach. He's, he played, I mean, <laughs> he played with a number one draft pick. Right. I mean, you can't really get more than a player's coach than that. So he's seen it. He's actually gave the ball to the <laughs> number one pick and said, go do your thing. So Payne is a guy that is willing to just give you the ball and let you go play as long as you're playing defense the way he wants you to. Mm-hmm. So I think players see that too. Uh, players, so at Purdue, it once was when I was there that Oh, guards don't go to Purdue because they want to throw the ball on the inside. Right. So then Carson comes and <laughs> Carson yeah. gets an NBA, and then it's now you got best of both worlds. So right. it's really not a not not a not a flaw in his the things he's doing right now, in my opinion, recruiting wise. And good. he's recruiting. I'm gonna say this: he's he's recruiting for Wayne a lot. <laughs> that's um, that's been helping him. I mean, he he started with Kramer in the Huntington area, went away from mm-hmm. it for a little bit, then came back, and now it's helping him out. Yep. And it it's treated him pretty well. Yeah, and one thing talking to other coaches around the league and other players just Peter as a communicator is like next level for any any specialization, any career. He is just a great one-on-one talker. Yeah. And there is something very valuable in that. All right, we're going to go with the A oh. to B real quick. Yes. I mean, that's all. He gets the A to B real quick. He doesn't, it's no fluff. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick little break from, uh, to hear from our sponsors and we'll be back with Rayfield Davis. We'll play a little either or game. All right. We're back with uh, star guard Rayfield Davis and we're about to play a little either or game. Rayfield, all I'm going to do is give you two options. You have to pick one or the other. All right. Mm-hmm. We're going to start simple three pointer or a dunk. Dunk. Okay. Basket or assist? Basket. All right. Block or steal? Steal. Coaching or playing? Coaching. Oh. MJ or LeBron? Did you answer a cutout, I think? No, I didn't answer. I don't. <laughs> both. <laughs> Do both. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, hammer turkey? Ham. Xbox or PS? PS5. Okay. Do you have one? No. Okay. <laughs> My brother does, so I live by carefully through him. Gotcha. 
right, and then last one here. Harry's Chocolate Shop or Neon Cactus? <laughs> Harry. <laughs> yeah, you're a Harry's guy. Yeah, Harry. My popcorn is unbelievable. <laughs> the popcorn. That, that's Yes, that's definitely what you go to a campus bar for. <laughs> Every Everyone on the site that writes for it is pro Harry's, and I think it's the sticky bar. That's a disappointment, but... Oh no, me. it's definitely super sticky. I go in for the popcorn, and I, they stay by the door. And, but I wasn't a neon cactus guy either. That line was always too long. So. That's fair. I I feel like you probably could have got in a little quicker if you wanted. And I never I never brought any unneeded attention. I always um, <laughs> that's one thing actually. I caught our guys doing that at a time, uh-huh. and I cut that out quick. But we don't. We came in last place the year before, and we don't cut the line. You know, <laughs> we had a long that... talk about that. <laughs> that I don't is... know what they're doing now, but I'm sure, I'm sure, they, I'm sure they're to the front of the line now. Yeah. They went to the Elite Eight, but we were last place in the Big <laughs> Ten the year before that. That's uh, sage advice. All right, um, let's go ahead and talk about what you're doing nowadays. You're down in Atlanta training kids, and last week you just started a podcast. Right. And your first guest was King of... King of Mackie, Tommy Luce, the uh, national sensation. Uh, yep. First of all, why'd you start off with him to start uh, into your little podcasting career? Uh, yeah, my podcast, Rayfield Davis on mm-hmm. YouTube, uh, the Rayfield Davis podcast. But with Tommy, when I was leaving Purdue, headed out, mm-hmm. um, going into my professional career, mm-hmm. Tommy was coming in. So Tommy was a guy where I was had a workout and paint acts and, hey, can you stay and play two-on-two with some guys? <laughs> We're looking at one of the guys. He didn't tell me which guy. So the guy on my team happened to be this small white kid from Southern Indiana that could yep. make shots. Yep. And we were talking. And I was just finished going. I was talking a lot of trash. And he was going <laughs> with me. And after the workout, we went, obviously. After the workout, I kind of asked, you know, kind of which guy was they looking at on the other team. And they told me it was the guy I was playing with. <laughs> so I, automat- I mean, at that moment, I, he felt like the better player out of the three because mm-hmm. I was going to talk some trash and say that was going to, that should have been the guy anyway. Right. But I mean, at that moment I fell in love with Tommy just because I can be a lot. And he wasn't afraid in that moment. And he took that moment and he made a lot of shots, but I mean, it was just kind of my transition out of Purdue and he kind of came in and to me, he took the reins and he, he took it off. He was kind of the heart and the soul of the team behind a lot of it in mm-hmm. a lot of different ways. So, that's kind of why I started with Tommy. That's awesome. Uh, what in general are you hoping to express and communicate with this podcast going forward? Um, are you going to stick to mostly Purdue guys? Where are you going to uh, aim your focus on guests? Um, I'm going to do a lot of Purdue guys, a lot of former players, a lot of mm-hmm. I mean, coaches, former coaches. Uh, I'm trying to expand to the Big Ten, a lot of basketball players. But my goal behind this past, this podcast is to give the youth advice. Give the youth the advice that I didn't have. Give the youth some inside experience, some inside advice, some things that maybe their high school coach won't know or their first grade coach won't know, but they can get a firsthand conversation with PJ Thompson or Tommy Luce. Or my experience can't isn't the same for everyone. I'm six five. I've been this tall. I've been six three in eighth grade. I had to Purdue. I committed to Purdue as a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. But Tommy Luce had an experience as the preferred walk-on that goes on to win two Big Ten championships. PJ has an experience that he doesn't commit to Purdue until 
the second semester of his senior senior season. So they have different experiences than I do. So it's just about giving as much information to the youth as possible because the youth to me is the future. And if you have some information, you might as well give it back. And these are things that people can come to the rest of their life and come and check out. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, there's a ton of people that have podcasts and have a voice, but it is very nice to actually get to hear stuff from people that were actually there that lived it, talking to other people that know it. Um, mm-hmm. it it's got to be a weird experience as a college player, especially in a in a town that is so college basketball obsessed that all these people assume some part of your life, uh, assume they know you and whatever, but really right. you are a stranger to them. Um, so definitely excited to get to hear a little more of you. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question that you asked Tommy Luce because mm-hmm. I can't believe you had the balls to ask. Um, who's the best player you played with? That's not, I, I wouldn't, know. I wouldn't normally ask, but you asked someone on yours. So, Oh yeah. hundred percent. At Purdue or in life? Uh, both. Let's start AJ at Purdue Hammond. and then overall. I'm say AJ Hammond. Okay. AJ Hammond, yeah, AJ Hammond's best player at Purdue. AJ Hammond's probably the best player I ever played with. I mean, I don't, I don't know. If, I don't think people got to see how good AJ was 100 percent of the time. But yeah, AJ, I would say AJ played with. Um, I played with a lot of good players. I'm gonna <laughs> go with AJ though. AJ's be the number one player I played with. Okay. I, I mean, that checks out. I've. I played with him once in the cut rack, and that dude, you should not be that big and move like he does. Yeah, nah, you shouldn't. The way he, um, the way AJ can block hands, mm-hmm. block shots with his left hand, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just certain things you can't teach. And AJ, I know AJ since we were 12, and it's just certain, thing, uh, certain things you can't teach, and he just has it. So, yeah. Is he your choice for uh, best Purdue defender of your lifetime? Uh, it's close second. <laughs> close second. Close I would, second. Um, a close second. I would, um, if I had to rank best defenders all time at Purdue, I would go, I would go Kramer first. Mm-hmm. And I would say Kramer first only because the experience Kramer gave me. Um, I get goosebumps every time I think about it. I was probably a sophomore in high school. Mm-hmm. Or maybe a junior. I was sitting next to Jay Simpson or something. Mm-hmm. And Michigan was at Michigan was at Purdue. Manny Harris goes across Kramer's nose. He breaks it. Oh yes. And Kramer was up in his stuff, and he had Manny Harris frustrated all game. He breaks his nose. He gets, I mean, he gets put out the game. But the way Kramer comes back through that tunnel with that mask mm-hmm. on, I have um, till this day. And I got to, I get goosebumps right now. I see I've you're never sending them here too. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> Yeah, I've never heard anything like it. So for that, for Kramer to get that type of reaction off of a hustle play, right? That put, I mean, that I mean, he was he was Superman in my eyes for that day. Mm-hmm. So I didn't care what Etwan did that day. I don't know what Juwan <laughs> did that day. Kramer made the roof blow off. So then I will go AJ. Then I'm gonna go with my man Kenny Lowe. Okay. <laughs> Kenny Lowe. So that'll be my top three. Nice. Your your fourth, obviously. No, I would say fourth. I would give it. Um, I would say uh, I'm giving fourth to Lou Jack. Mm. Sneaky fourth. Lou Jack is um, that's definitely a sneaky fourth in that. 
That's fair. Just his ability to – Lujak jam all game. Yeah. 100% of time. Never gave up. Had a broke foot. So, yeah, I get at the Lujak. Yeah, if you were a point guard, you weren't looking forward to playing him for 40 minutes a game. No, no, not at all. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. We'll keep you here all night. Uh, what do you have uh, in store in the near future? I know, I believe it's PJ Thompson this next week. Yeah, Guess. I have PJ Thompson. We dropped PJ Thompson tonight. So, oh, yeah, tonight. the Davis podcast on YouTube. We dropped PJ Thompson tonight. Then um, next week we'll have Johnny Hill. And okay. then we'll keep building from there. But then, other than that, we got some basketball camps coming up in the near future. I'm doing a lot of training from Georgia to Indiana. Um, so yeah, I'm just in the gym, just talking, talking a lot. <laughs> Where can people follow you on Twitter? Rayfield at Rayfield Davis three on Twitter, then at Rayfield Davis on Instagram, then at Rayfield Davis on YouTube. All three. Okay, perfect. And Rayfield uh, is R A P H E A L B A V I S. I had a news special on that in high school, so I want to make sure people know that. <laughs> no, that's good. I, I, I pretty sure until you said your name in the podcast i didn't know for sure whether it was rafael rafael i think announcers jumped through everything uh throughout yeah career. I've, I've heard it all <laughs> but it's rafael rafael like rafael down the stairs rafael well no matter how you say it you're an absolute Purdue legend we look forward to hearing more from you uh talking to other Purdue stars on your podcast go check that out uh everyone thank you for listening rafael thank you for being here have a great day Oh, thank you. I appreciate the time.